to Wandering and Fleet, the show. I'm, I'm your host, Jason Zuck. <laughs> I'm your Caroline other Zook. host, Caroline Zuck. That I was rude. I really did a great job. Did you see my face? I was like actually really offended. Here's the thing. You wasted a bunch of time. Oh, wow. Bad segue, bad segue, Ooh, bad segue. This episode is about time management. It's about managing your time efficiently. And it's about Jakuta babies? What are those? <laughs> You're going to find out at the end of the episode when we Google something for you. Yep. We talk about a lot of things related to time management, being efficient with your time, some processes that have worked for us, how bad I was at, at this many years ago, how I got better at it, creating rituals to give yourself the ability to stick to your time management better, um, ways to estimate your time better. All right, all you're kinds wasting of time. Let's get into it. The episode on time management. Hey there, we're Jason and Caroline Zook, a husband and wife team who believes life is just one big experiment. This is the show where we share our journey as we figure out this ever-changing thing called life. We cover topics like running a business, traveling the world, and clawing our way out of debt, all with the hope of inspiring you to live, work, and create with more intention. Life might bring its twists and turns, but when you know who you are and what you want, you're never really lost. Welcome to Wandering Aimfully, the show. And it begins. Very apropos for this episode. That's what I was going to say. Because we have a timer. For a time management episode. All right, babe. Let's talk about it. Let's see if we can manage our time. Let's do it. Hurry, <laughs> hurry up. Go. <laughs> you don't need to hurry. No, you, we you don't need have much to time. Go. Oh, sorry. I forgot. One, two, Here three. we go. Everyone's favorite part of the show. <sighs> Crisp cold Corona light extra draft. <laughs> what makes it extra? Yeah. I don't know. And why would it be draft? You just opened a can. I don't know. Okay. Let's dive into time management here. Okay. The reason why I think this is a fun topic to talk about is when I think about- Because time is a construct which all of us just buy into. What is time? Is because I think that managing, specifically as an entrepreneur, but just like as a person in life, managing your time, if you don't get that right, if you don't figure out a way to do that- I feel like it negatively impacts everything that you're trying to do. Totally. And I also think that time management is very subjective to every human and how they live their lives. And so there are a lot of people who can manage their time very differently than how we manage our time, still get a lot of things done. But I think as far as owning a business and working for yourself, there are some things that we've learned that are pretty applicable to other people. So I think we'll share some of those. Totally. And when I think about like, I mean, the word is time management, but. Well, it's two words. It's not one word. <laughs> Just the, the for term, everyone not watching on YouTube, uh, Caroline did some airplane quotes around the word time management. And if you haven't caught one of our early episodes, we call them airplane quotes here. Yeah. I'm thinking the term time management just refers to spending your time on the things that you intend to spend your time on and not letting it get away from you. Does yeah. that seem fair? Totally. Okay. I, I think one of the things that we have... <laughs> what did you find? I, I found a little, a little dusty on our little... Um, cacti? Our little cactus? Suc- succulent cactus here. I think one of the things about time management that's interesting for us to go over mm-hmm. is that one of us is naturally very time management oriented. But I wasn't always like that. Really? And the other one of us isn't or wasn't very time management oriented. But now I and think I was always like that. But I think you found value. Oh in, my gosh, tremendous in value. doing that. So I think how that change has has occurred for both of us is kind of interesting. Well, that's why I said that. Because I know from experience that not being able to manage my time well was holding me back, especially right in the beginning of when I started my business, Made Vibrant. It was honestly crippling my business. 
And once I got that one thing figured out, everything else started to happen for me. But going back to that, so you said you weren't always like that? Like, I, I remember as a kid, like, I just didn't, it didn't even occur to me. I didn't think about it. Well, but nobody even, thinks of time management it, as a kid. So sorry, as a kid. But also, like, in college, even when I first started my first job, like, I didn't care about managing my time or any of those things. And I think that really stems from when you're giving your time to a bunch of things that you don't really care about or mm -hmm. that you don't really think are going to influence your life. Like for me, going to college was a complete waste of time. So why try and be as efficient as possible sure, sure, doing sure. it? I just was like, well, whatever, I'm going to do this for four years or five years and then whatever. And then when I took a job that I didn't really love, why try and maximize my time mm -hmm. working? Because I don't really love what I'm doing. Transition into running my own business. I want to spend every hour the best I possibly can because I want to try and get the most back from the time that I invest into mm -hmm. what I'm doing. And I think that shift That's is interesting. something that I didn't even like see happening for myself. But I realized very quickly when I was working for myself in 2007 with a design company, with a friend of mine, a design boutique, if you will, uh, that the more hours I worked and worked efficiently, the more money we made. Right. And so you because I could see the return on mm -hmm. that investment – I started to see it in other areas of life, too. If I cleaned the house efficiently for 30 minutes, I wouldn't have to spend three hours cleaning the house if I just like really focused in. and did. So I started to really see the value in being efficient with time, not letting other things distract me um, and just like blocking time and, and being insanely focused on one task only. And this is all common sense now. Yeah. But in 2007, there's not a lot of this being discussed on the internet because there's not a lot of conversation on the internet that's open and, and people are like, oh, well, this is, you know, everyone gets this now. Sure. And I would say that your personality type and your brain, though, is predisposed for efficiency. Totally. Would you agree? 100%. So. Even this conversation is inefficient in my mind. <laughs> I, my personality and my brain is predisposed for inefficiency, <laughs> procrastination. Like, I seriously, procrastination is something that has plagued me what for what feels like my entire life like i can actually even remember moments as a kid like putting off not getting my parents to sign a permission slip and so many times me not being able to go on a field trip or not being able to do something because i waited so long to actually just do this one thing and that's a really weird example but it just as i became an adult i was sort of like this is a habit i want to break about myself can i uh can i couch diagnose you here sure chair diagnose you podcast chair diagnose you sure do you think that that stemmed from the fact that you had all these brothers who had already gotten all this attention from your parents and because you were essentially the youngest, like your parents had run out of the effort, if you will, or just the like, like, well, and it, so it was harder for you to get like to fight for getting a permission slip signed or getting this. So you kind of saw that get worn it down. It would be easy for me to say yes, but I don't think that's the truth because mm. that puts the responsibility on my parents. I think... My parents have no idea of knowing if a teacher tells me bring this permission slip home and take it out of your backpack and I don't do that. It's not my parents' fault. It's my fault. Totally. And so I honestly, <clears throat> and I'm also not trying to just blame my genetics or blame, you know, what things your, that are what out What about of, your epigenetics? Definitely my epigenetics. Okay, okay. Those are always to blame. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I will say that I do think it's just the way my brain is wired. I think that I get lost in my own head sometimes. I think I daydream and I think of things and I'm creative and I have these ideas. And so like accomplishing tasks is not But the don't you way. think I'm that way too? I don't think that you get lost in your head. Hmm. You have a very active imagination. You're tremendously creative, but you're 
efficient with your creativity. I also think this is something we've talked about before. My switching cost oh my gosh. is extremely low. Yeah. So I can go from daydream <clears throat> to work in a snap of the fingers. Cannot. You cannot do that. Which I'm sure we'll get into when we talk about like actual processes. Well, and I don't things, know. We're almost out of time. And things that work. Time. <laughs> things that work for us. But anyway, you know. That was something. So the whole point of me bringing that up is to say you learned the value of being time efficient by seeing the benefit that it had. I learned the value of being time efficient by seeing the detriment that it had on me by by not doing it. So I remember when I started Made Vibrant and these projects would just this is design projects would go on forever because I wouldn't be very economical with my time. And so and I was tired of things dragging out. And I was tired of, and maybe some of you guys watching or listening out there can relate to this feeling. I was tired of at the end of the day, looking at all these intentions that I had for the at the beginning of the day and going, where did the time go? Mm-hmm. I didn't, like, where did it go? I didn't accomplish anything. Things kept being, like, I remember um, To Do, the, t- yeah. the app on the computer. To Do. This was the one of the first, like, online to-do lists where you could drag unfinished tasks to the next day. Feature that shouldn't exist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, so this is before Asana or before a lot of those management things. And I just remember always dragging the same tasks yeah. from day to day to day. And it was this actual visualization of me being like, why can you not just sit down and do the thing? Yeah. And enough years or months of, I mean, years, let's be honest, of that went by to where I was like, I'm going to change this about myself. And it was you actually sitting me down. And again, it's like when you have the the business and you're responsible for your own income no longer is the um effect of not being good at managing your time just a feeling that you have where you're like ashamed of yourself yeah to be honest it's it's an actual financial repercussion yeah. and i saw that and i was like my business is not making money and so i have to fix this and you sat me down and we did the math equation which we can share with people yeah. do you want to share that yeah well i think the catalyst for me was so uh, you worked for me in 2010 mm-hmm. for my Iria shirt project. That's not true. 2011? 2012 to 2013. Not 2011? 2011. I mean, I started in November. Yeah. 2011. Um, and I never once thought you didn't manage your time well when you worked for me. Yeah. Never even saw it occur. Yeah. Um, but what I think happened that was interesting was when Iria shirt fizzled in 2013, you started Made Vibrant, started working on your own thing. You didn't have anyone to be accountable to yes. except for yourself. Yes. And so what I saw was you need something, not necessarily someone to be accountable to because it wasn't me. It was your calendar. Yeah. And so I, for since 2007, basically, I am accountable to my calendar. Yeah. My calendar runs my life, not from a perspective of if I don't have it, I'm going to go crazy, but from the perspective of I get a lot of things done because I make my calendar do the organizational work for me. And I go, okay, I only have 30 minute blocks or 60 minute blocks or two hour blocks. I have to follow this path. And so when we were talking, I think one of the things that came up early in that conversation was you had some some like feelings I think a lot of people have when they used to work at a nine to five job of, I hate the calendar Mm -hmm. because so many other people are putting time on my calendar and I don't get to dictate my day with these crappy meetings and these stupid calls and all these different things. And so you kind of avoided the calendar. Well, in the calendar, just to interject there, when you're working for somebody else, a calendar is an expectation. Mm -hmm. And so I would start my day at an office looking at my calendar and seeing all these expectations, all these deadlines, all these meetings I had to go to, all these things I had to get done that other people were putting on me. And so it gave me this gross feeling every day of like, 
the opposite of freedom, right? Like my hands were tied every day. So people might be able to relate to that feeling or yeah. maybe they just, they've been avoiding their calendar and they can't put their finger on why. And this is the deeper why behind it. It's because all it represents for you is the opposite of freedom. Right. And so what I posited to you when we sat down, when Made Vibrant, you had a couple clients, it wasn't going efficiently. The projects just seemed to be dragging on for mm -hmm. so much longer than you estimated. And so we sat down and we looked at your calendar and I and we basically just did a simple exercise. And we said, how many hours a day do you want to realistically be working? Do you doing, want to be doing deep work, sitting in Illustrator, sitting in Photoshop, sitting in whatever and working, not yep. just fumbling through email or whatever? Do you remember my answer? Five hours. Five hours. And and I said, OK, do you want to work five days a week? Do you want to work four days a week? And I think you agreed to work five, five days a week. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be Monday through Friday, five hours a day. Realistic. And I go, okay, so that's four weeks a month on average. So that's 100 hours a month. And 25 how much? hours a week, five times five. Five times four. No, no, no. Five times five, five hours a day for five yeah, days yeah. is 25. And then 25 times four, four weeks in a month. This is what people tune in for is the simple math. <laughs> right, is 100 huh. hours a month. And so what you told me was visualize each hour of the day that you can work as a block. And imagine you have five blocks you know, Monday through Friday. And so you have 25 blocks a week that you can fill with client time, a hundred blocks a month. And like, for some reason that like, but I don't even think that was the thing that sparked it for you. I think what sparked it for you is I said, now put okay. an hourly rate yeah. to 100 hours. And so, I said $75 an hour. So that was $7,500. And then I asked the question, are you making $7,500 right. a month? And you go, no, no, but, but you felt like you were working 25 hours a week. No, I was, but that's the point is the point is when you add the the money to the time and you see, okay, if you make $75 an hour and let's say every block, that's the reason I wanted to bring up the block right. too, is because you can then see, imagine you have all these empty blocks for the month. If you are estimating out your projects correctly and you are booking your clients on a calendar and you're filling up those blocks and you're not double booking and you're not making promises you can't keep, if every block was filled, which is not completely unreasonable, especially for a five hour workday, right? If every block is filled and you charge what you're worth for every hour, you make $7,500 a month. And I, my mind was like, I was yeah. making like a thousand dollars a month at the time. Yeah. And that lit a fire under my butt to be more efficient with my time because I saw my time now as money. Yeah. And I thought, okay, the more efficient I am, the more my bank account will reflect that efficiency. I think the other thing that it also gave you permission, and we were talking about this at that time, was it, it's very easy to get sucked into the Hulus, Netflixes, YouTubes of the world, or even just like reading blogs or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so that stuff, you'll you'll have that open while you're working. I used and, to, yeah. And what you don't realize is now all of a sudden I've, I've like 30 minutes got lost watching mm -hmm. this show and it just ate into that block. Well, guess what that did? That took money out of your pocket. Yeah. And so giving yourself the permission of, okay, I only need to work five hours a day. Well, guess what? I can watch a whole bunch of Hulu in the morning or I can yep. watch a whole bunch after I finish my work, but I need to have this focused time. And maybe even some of that was like Pomodoro technique where you would work for a certain amount of time and then take a break afterwards. And that's also a really good thing to figure out for yourself if you need to be in a flow state for multiple hours or if you can do like 50 minutes on, 10 minutes off. But that I think is, as I was just sitting 12 feet from you at the time, was a great realization of, oh, now I can actually watch Hulu and not feel guilty about it. I have so many thoughts about what you just said. I'm going to try to think <laughs> of them all. Um, yeah, a couple things. So when I first was starting out, this was another effect of like the hangover of living in the corporate world where I was like, 
I can make up whatever I want to do today. I can watch Hulu while I work. Like basically taking that freedom to its nth degree. Also, discipline is hard. Focus is hard. If you've, I, I didn't read the full book, but Cal Newport's book, Deep Work, like you, it is a muscle that you have to train your brain to do that kind of deep work where you can focus on something and not get distracted. And our human brains, what we do is we go, this is hard and it's painful to like put off this distraction. So what I would do is to ease the pain of that, I would have something going in the background so I could trick myself into thinking, oh, look, it's fun. I'm like watching TV and I'm working at the same time. Not realizing that, like you said, then things stretch out and pretty soon I'm working from 8 a.m. until 8 p.m. because had I just focused for that short amount of time, I could have had my full attention on my shows and I could have watched, you know, that full all show on Netflix, Anatomy. all the Grey's all the friends. And so that was a, an important lesson. Also, just as you said that I was realizing, I think I've all but broken that habit. And I have a lot of gratitude for that. Like, yeah, I don't know totally. where that happened along the, the well, way. I, th- I, I think I just realized the, the benefit of efficiency. I think that's it. And I think for a lot of people hearing the word efficiency and time efficient can feel like, oh, that's for OCD people or mm-hmm. that's for, you know, like people who are neurotic about time. Mm-hmm. And I think what you don't realize is that when you are more careful about the time that you spend or when you are more thoughtful about the time you spend, you get more time in return. Absolutely. And that was another point I wanted to bring up about the calendar that you were saying is when you are working for yourself, one of the biggest time sucks is just the the indecision about what to be working on. Mm-hmm. And what what I've learned that the calendar does is if I spend 15 minutes being thoughtful about how I want to spend my day and putting things on the calendar. And and that includes calendar. And now it includes my little digital planner, which is fun for me. If I spend those 15 minutes being thoughtful, then I don't have to have that indecision throughout the day of what should I be working on? I already did that work for myself. And so the calendar becomes, you know, this intentional guide that allows me to just get stuff done throughout the day and not go, what should I work on now? Or blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just like, it's very, it's, it's almost a relief. Yeah. I think one of the really important parts of time management that I would hope that we could help people with who are listening to this is to understand that whenever it comes to figuring out how long something might take you to do is to not guess and then stick with some random assumptive guess that you've made. It's to do the thing, track how long it actually takes you, then reflect that in your client proposal, in your calendar time blocking, in whatever it is that you're doing. And that becomes so much easier for you to then go hey, I actually know how long it's going to take me to do this because I've learned over the process of, I thought it was going to take three hours. It took six hours. I thought this was going to take three days. It took two weeks. And now I know because I've actually done it. And now I can know, okay, can I get that to be a little bit more efficient? And even if I can't, that's fine. But this is how long it takes. A hundred percent when you estimate tasks, multiply it by two. A hundred percent of the time. Especially in the beginning. Especially in the beginning. If you're like me, maybe if you're like Jason, your brain works differently. No, in the beginning, I mean... The, but multiply it by two. The perfect example for me right now is... So we have these travel videos that mm-hmm. we've started to put together. And we sat on these videos for a long time because we we're trying to figure out how we wanted to do them. We wanted to be different. We wanted to be there. And I finally just gave up. And I was like, I just... I want to make these simple. And so we put our own constraints and limitations. Shout out to the previous episode. To do... These are going to be three minutes long. These travel videos. So it's whatever I can fit in three minutes. We're going to have no talking parts that we would have to record and do other things things with. We have a bunch of clips. We have a music track that we're going to do. And instead of going, oh, I'm going to give myself three hours to work on this. I sat down and I said, I'm only working on this episode mm-hmm. or this uh, this video. How long is it going to take me start to finish? Let me start tracking my track. Time. Two hours is how long it took me. Yep. And now, now I know, you know it's going to take me two hours. And we talked about it on a walk. 
30 minutes of that was finding the music for mm -hmm. it. And then you're better at finding music than I am. So you're probably going to take that over. So I can probably get these down to an hour and a half. Yep. And now I know, hey, if I'm going to film or edit one of our travel videos, it'll take me an hour and a half. Yep. Now, I know that. I, I couldn't have just made that time up from the beginning. I had to do the task, understand how long it took, and maybe I'll get faster over time. But that at least is the time block that I'll need to create this project. And so yep. I think for anybody making anything is to do the thing, track it, try and be deep work focused on that thing only, then use that going forward and see if you can get better. Yep. So the other thing that I wanted to bring up with time, and this more applies for somebody who's like me and not necessarily you, because like you said, your switching costs are very low. So you can slide right in from emails into a, a focused task. I can't. Um, I have to fill my bucket up. I've learned. I have to fill kind of my creative and my personal energy bucket up first if I'm going to have the mental energy to do a task for a long period of time. So I now have a morning routine where, but we imposed a constraint even on that, which is as early as I want to wake up, I can wake up. But at 10 o'clock, I have a hard deadline to come to you and we have a short meeting and that's when my like work day starts. But that means that if I wake up at eight, I can have my breakfast and from eight o'clock until 10 o'clock, I can do my art downstairs in my studio. I can watch YouTube videos. I can drink my coffee slowly. I can read a book. I give myself that time and I've been doing this for like the past month now and it has been immensely, immensely helpful. Yep. And what that does is when I sit down to work at 10 o'clock, I feel at the top of my game. I don't want to go look at notifications. I don't want to go scroll Instagram because I'm so excited to get to work and I'm so like just my well is full. And so I would also just say about time management, be honest about what you need before you dive into something where you're going to have to be in this very focused state. Yeah. And that, I mean, it's the same for me just on a smaller phase of making the coffee in the morning and making yeah. breakfast is that sometimes I'll be really excited about something or I'll know that there are some emails waiting for me that I wanted to check. And I'll do that before making coffee. And it just my whole day is like off after that. Yep. But if I start the other way with like a little routine, something that's not work related, I'm not reacting to anything, I'm doing something for myself. Then 10 to 15 minutes later, I'm charged up and I'm ready to go. So I think it's really interesting just about creating rituals for yourself, yes. trying to find ways that you hack your own thinking or your own processes or your own way of working. And listen, if it takes you two hours in a morning, then fine. Be okay with that. Own it. Figure out how to make that work for your life. If you can make it work in 15 minutes yep. like I can, great. That's awesome too. But you have to find the thing that works for you to make you most time efficient. I was going to say that about the rituals. You know, I was watching the masterclass from Shonda Rhimes who talks about writing for television. And she said one of the greatest tips that she gave, which is what we're talking about, is when she goes to write a script to actually get in the mode of writing, she has these noise canceling headphones. She listens to the same type of music. And wherever in the world she is on an airplane in a hotel room as long as she has those headphones and that music mm. it gets her brain into the space where she needs to write that's her writing space and i was thinking about i've been using this app for the probably the past two years called ohm writer mm -hmm. and it goes it's really amazing you have to pay for it but it goes full screen but what is it like 10 bucks yes yeah, not a lot yeah it goes full screen and it plays this very calming music and you can hear the tapping of the keys in your headphones and i've done that enough times through newsletters that it gets me in the writing mode so completely now. Yeah. Um, so to your point, create, if you're one of those people who has a hard time switching into a focused task and, and being time efficient, start creating a ritual for yourself so that you can trick your brain into getting into that mode faster and faster and faster. Yeah. And that will help you stick to that time. Um, let's 
kind of finish up here because I know we only have a couple minutes left on our timer for the time management episode is how do you let go of wasted time? What do you mean? Like, how do you not beat yourself up, yeah. up over it? Well, you remind yourself that you can't go back in time. Well, you can't. Do you have something to tell me? I already told you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I've over the years tried to get out of the habit of beating myself up over anything. But you just go, I'll do better next time. And And I think this goes back to the advice I give a lot of people, which is if you're bad at time management, don't try to put this expectation on yourself that you're going to do a 180 degree turn and suddenly become the most efficient person that ever lived. The advice I always give people is think of rotating 10 degrees at a time. Well, so we said what? 18, not 180? 18, not 180. Yeah. yeah eight, so t- yeah, 18. Think of rotating 18 degrees at a time, not 180. So you're just shifting. You're getting a little bit better over time. That's the whole point. And so, you know, maybe you start with like creating that ritual or you just say, maybe I'll start by estimating my time better or I'll start by tracking my time. Just choose one thing to start with to try to get better at it. And then, yeah, don't beat yourself up up if you at the end of the day are like, I didn't accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. Every day is a new chance to get better at it. This is marriage brain because I soft pitched this up to you wondering where you would go. Did and you I was think hoping, I would go to 18? I was hoping you would. Really? We t- yeah, well, because we talked about that last Two years ago, I think, is when that I know, but we haven't talked about. about 18, not 180 for so long. No, because, well, we don't need it, which is, I think, the important thing. I mean, thing. I still need it. But. but I think for a lot of folks, it's just a really good, simple thing to think about of, I feel like I'm wasting a lot of time. I got to change everything. I got to do a full 180. It's like, no, you don't. You no, just you don't. have to change a little bit. And it's also, you know, we're, as this episode comes out, we're a little bit past the new year now. But so many people want to, like, uproot your entire life and redo mm-hmm. all the things in the beginning of the new year. And you don't have to do that. You can just make little changes that make incremental differences in your life. And I think when it comes to managing your time, getting better at that, getting more efficient, don't try and do everything. Don't Mm -hmm. try and create a whole new system for yourself. Start small. Start with especially the morning routine. Start with the 18, not 180, focus on things. And you will get better at managing your time. 100%. I think also it's kind of funny you talked about the Shonda Rhimes thing with her noise-canceling headphones. My uh, number one... Uh, track that I played or number one album that I played on Spotify last year was Tron Legacy, the soundtrack, because it's what I write the best to. And yep. I was writing my book and a bunch of other things throughout yep. the year. And it was funny. It was like 45 full track like or album plays all yep. the way through. Makes sense. Funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think mine was just, by the way, Sleeping At Last, the instrumental. Yes. It's the same thing. To get in, the, get in the zone. So also you want to manage your time better. Find something to write to. Music. Very powerful. We're good to fee. We're good to fee. We're good to fee. We didn't Googled know, that for you. Didn't know that theme song. <laughs> uh, today's We Googled That For You, which is a segment where we find something and we Google it. And now you walk away and you learn something from this episode besides the thing we just talked about. We're basically like Siri a bit better. Yeah, baby. We're not uh, as good as Alexa. This is what I want. I Googled for you. Jebutekaba. 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 What is... Jibutacaba. It's hard to say is what it is. Can you spell it, please? No. (laughs) I mean, I can, but it's not going to help you. We'll just try. J-A-B-U-T-I-C-A-B-A. Does that help you? That filled it all out for you? Jibutacaba. Yeah. It is Uh a language that only 23 people in the world wow. still speak. Where do they it's live? It's an endangered language. Where do they live? The Maldives. Maldives, wow. We're going to go visit them. The Jakuta... Jakuta babies? We're going to go see the Jakuta babies. The Jakuta babies? Jibutacaba. Where are you going? I was trying to say this 
the word Jabutacaba. Jabutacaba. Jakuta babies. Jakuta babies. <laughs> what is it? Jabutacaba is the fourth rarest fruit in the world. Really? <laughs> yeah. I said endangered. You did. It's a rare purple colored fruit native to southeastern Brazil. Other, Unlike other fruits, it grows on the trunk of a tree, kind of like grapes grow on a vine, but like on the trunk of the tree. Whoa. So here's what it looks like. <gasps> so, it looks like uh, bugs on a tree. I'm going to uh, be honest. I'll show this on YouTube. If you're listening, you can't hear it, but I'm, I've got a close up for you so you can see what it looks like. It does. It looks like bugs. It's kind of funny. Uh, the whitish pulp of Jibutacaba is very fragrant and sweet. The fruit is mainly used in baked products, jams, and wines. It can also heal diarrhea and asthma. Wait a second. It can heal <laughs> diarrhea and asthma. Yes. It's the all-in-one cure. Chibutacaba. I don't believe hey, it. Hey, do you have diarrhea and asthma? <laughs> Upset I've... stomach and <laughs> asthma. <laughs> yeah. Chibutacaba. That's what they needed. Uh, also, I wanna... can, can we just start something called Chikuta Babies? Chikuta Babies. <laughs> I want to let everyone know that my intention for the we Googled that for you was why are there 24 hours in the day? Because it's time related. And that's related. how you got there? Uh, no, that was so difficult to explain the answer to. It's actually really, really difficult well, to understand why there are 24 hours in a day. Well, isn't the answer just that's how many hours it takes for the Earth to revolve on its axis? Nope. No, I looked. You can look it up afterwards. People at home, well, you can look it up, what, too. What were some of the... Oh, just, just say words that uh, we found. E Egyptians counted their <laughs> knuckles, and there are 12 knuckles on your four fingers, and that's how many hours of light there were typically in a day. And then they thought there were 12 hours of darkness, so they thought there would be a 24-hour day. They also created 10 chunks of time throughout the day that somehow added up to 24 hours, which is kind of confusing. But don't you think... Here's the thing. That we need to talk about. But also, if twenty four hours was wrong, we would at some point. It's called a leap year. No, no, no. But if twenty four hours was wrong, then we would at some point. No, the leap year thing is because three hundred sixty five is wrong. Three hundred. It's actually three hundred sixty five and a quarter. Yeah. Which is why we have leap year. But I'm talking about if if twenty four hours was not correct. Let's just say it was like twenty four hours and two minutes yeah. was like the actual length of a day. It would only take. A handful of days before suddenly 12 o'clock in the middle of the day would why be we 12 o'clock at night. Daylight savings time. That's also why, like in Alaska in the summer or in the winter, in the winter, they have like three hours of light throughout the day. Here's what I think that's why it that's why it's I like, think time is a miracle. Thank you. And it's a good place to end on. <laughs> completely made up. <laughs> hey, hope you enjoyed this episode, you Jakuta baby out there. We really appreciate you. Uh, all right, hold on. What was the fruit? Now I, I want to say it one more time, people. Jabutacaba. 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 I hope you guys are all really interested in that fruit now. Hope you learned some time management tips from us, your hosts of Wandering Aimfully, the show. Jakuta Babies out. Jakuta Babies. We'll see you later.